Women Taking the Lead, episode 57. It was definitely a wake-up call. There was a lot of uh, self-doubt. There was a lot of, what am I going to do next? But it's amazing how quickly you take a step back and you look at your life and realize there's so much more, not only to life, but to me, to me as a person. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn, and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. This episode is sponsored by Luma Coaching. Want some support to get your dreams off the ground? Go to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Shannon Moss, who is a passionate journalist who has called Maine home since 1999. She's a former TV news anchor and is now the owner of Code Gratitude, a mission-driven company in Maine dedicated to showing our appreciation to those who serve us every day by offering special deals and discounts from local businesses. CodeGratitude.com connects supportive businesses with the men and women in law enforcement, fire, EMS, and military. Shannon, a graduate of the University of Rhode Island, is also known for using her celebrity to spotlight and support multiple causes that she believes in. Okay, Shannon, that's only a little intro of you because I know what you do is so much more than that. So tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Well, thank you, Jody, so much for having me uh, be a part of your podcast. Um, it's a, it's truly an honor and I've been looking forward to this. So let's see. I am from Warwick, Rhode Island, where I grew up. I'm a roadie girl. And um, I actually feel like I was very fortunate to know what I wanted to do since I was little. Eighth grade, uh, junior high career day, we had a local news anchor come in and talk to the group about his job. And I remember sitting there back row, blue English folder on my lap. And I said, that's it. I knew it right then and there. So, you know, I really just took that as my focus and I, you know, went straight toward it. And I went to school, University of Rhode Island, as you mentioned, and I majored in journalism. And, uh, you know, perfect humbling, talk about a humbling moment uh, is when I failed the journalism entrance exam. So, you know, here you go here, Aces eighth grade, I find, you know, I get to college and I fail the exam and, uh, it's, you know, I have a learning disability and so I couldn't, I it's analytical. So math is very difficult for me for language. So I couldn't tell you, you know, how to conjugate a verb or what a past participle was or anything like that, but I could write a news story. So I went to the Dean of journalism and I, I told her this and she gave me sort of an alternate test and I passed and I got in and graduated and basically couldn't find a job. You know, it's so competitive and you send your resume tapes, you know, back then it was VHS tapes across the country and hoping for a job. And so meanwhile, I got a job at a health insurance company and, you know, working 40 hours a week and rolling applications. And finally, I got a behind the scenes job at a uh, television station in Providence, Rhode Island, and uh, worked there until I finally got my first on-air job, which was at a little cable station in Fall River, Massachusetts. And then from there, I got my first affiliate job in Wausau, Wisconsin, and I couldn't wait to get back to New England. And fortunately, as you mentioned, in 1999, I got the job in Portland, Maine, which has been mm. wonderful. <laughs> 
And awesome. And it's been great to have you as a part of the community, I can say, because you do have celebrity. Oh, thank you. <laughs> here. And Shannon, oh my goodness, going back to your college entrance exam, like what, what stood out for me in that was you advocated for yourself and not everyone would do that, right? Some people would take a test like that fail and go, oh, well, I guess I can't do what I wanted to do. Exactly. So I'm really curious, like, what had you like go directly to the dean? You know, Jody, it's a great question because even sitting here talking about it out loud, I'm like, wow, I did that. I mean, at that age, young age, it was just, I, I, there was nothing going to stop me from my goal. That's what I wanted to do. And I think that was a huge part of it. I didn't have a plan B. That was it. I, I stubborn to a fault. Uh, I have an insatiable work ethic and perseverance. And I just said, well, obviously I have to be in the journalism major to become a journalist. So what else do I do? I go knock on the Dean's door and I say, what can I do to show you? And I remember she gave me a bunch of papers with just a bunch of facts. And she said, all right, well, write me some news stories. And I did. And she's like, these are great. These are fine. You know, go through the program. Um, so yeah, yeah. But had I not, you're right. Had I just said, oh, well, I, I guess I have to find plan B. It just wasn't good enough for me. That, you know, sometimes, you know, I've been accused of being stubborn too. When I was little, I was called stubborn. And now, <laughs> <laughs> right? right now I'm determined, I'm determined, right? Cause I'm an adult. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's different. It's different. Now. <laughs> it's different. I'm, I'm persistent and determined. So it, it, we give it a different label, but it's the same character trait. It really, sometimes it really does help you get over those hurdles because you don't really register the hurdles. Exactly. It's like, Oh, that's not the door I'm going to go through. So I got to find another door. Let's go around the back. Let's see, see what's going to happen. So that's really amazing. So those listening, you know, just, you know, it's okay to be stubborn sometimes and not give up, uh, keep persisting. And Shannon, clearly you, you have had success in your life and you, I don't know if you've just always had the confidence or gained it, but we'll find out more in a bit. But I'm curious if you have a time that you can take us back to when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. It's usually something in retrospect, we go, oh my God, I can't believe I ever thought I couldn't do that. But if you have one, share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. I do. In fact, you know, you, you had pointed out about my confidence and, you know, sometimes I stop and I know I have confidence, but a lot of times I don't either. Sometimes I feel like I have multiple personalities and sometimes I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm faking. Someone's going to find out, you know, that. I'm not really as good as I am or, you know, that I'm not as smart as I should be. And the tough part about being a news reporter and a news anchor is it's almost like taking a, a dart and throwing it at, you know, a board. And every day you have to be a quote unquote expert in something that you're going to cover. And there were some topics that, you know, I felt very at ease with, but, you know, politics was never a strong point for me. Again, of course, anything analytical because of my learning disability was always a stressor. So a lot of times, you know, when there were big sort of events that anchors do, um, you know, like say a debate. Um, I was always like, thank goodness those main anchors are doing them, you know, and given the opportunity, I was like, oh no, you know, I think that guy would really want a chance at doing that until one day I didn't have a choice. I remember being called into the conference room and being told, okay, you know, the main anchor had left. And instead of giving it to the other main anchor to do, to moderate the debate, they said, we'd like you to do it. And Jody, the I, my face must have went white because afterwards the news director said, Are you, were you all right? And of course I'm like, oh yeah, of course. But I was petrified, petrified. And it was one of those things where the anxiety was so high because it was a gubernatorial debate. 
we had eight candidates live prime time at, at a University of Southern Maine, um, no teleprompter. You know, you're you're dealing with time issues, um, multiple subjects, back and forth, follow up. So you, there's multiple, there's listening, but there's trying to see what's next. And and oh my gosh, it was it was hard going up to that night. And of course, when it happens, we have audio issues. All of a sudden, I'm hearing the Red Sox in my ear, and I'm like, oh gosh, oh gosh, are the viewers hearing that? You know, so so much is going on. People are passing me notes, and but you know what? In the end, I did it. And I got great feedback and I was so, it's just going to sound silly, but proud of myself. And I had a nice mm. big glass of wine after, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but, I'm <right>? sure. <laughs> but it was, I, I did, I thought small. And even before it was, I was always like, oh, gosh, it good. You know, they're going to do the debate, you know, and I would tell myself, you know, I don't really want to do it anyway. Um, but it was really because I didn't think I was up to it or I wasn't smart enough to do it. But I guess I was. Yes. You know, and sometimes we have to have those experiences where there is no way out. Right. right. <laughs> exactly. Right. As horrible as it feels in the moment, because I, you, you, the way you said it, it let me know that you had gotten good at it. I've gotten good at it as well. So I know thousands of people who are listening to this right now are good at it as well is deflecting. Yes right? Oh, no, no. You know who would be really mm -hmm. good at that? Or you would be really great. And unconsciously, we, we might not be admitting it to ourselves, but there's something going on where we're like, I'm not the one. Exactly. This is not for me. That would be too hard. I would mess it up. And, you know, sometimes having that experience where we can't get out of it, we have to be the one to do it shows us, oh my gosh, <laughs> like that's the perfect playing small moment where we look back in retrospect and go, of course I can do it. Now, was I wrung out at the end of it? And did I need a glass of wine? Yes. But, you know, if you had to do that several times, it would become old hat. It would not be, maybe wouldn't be how you would prefer to normally do your job, but you could do it. And that's part of it. And I think, you know, that whole saying is when you step out of your comfort zone, that's where life begins, you know, and that's where you grow. And that's where you gain so much more insight and ability to do things that you didn't think you could do. And so you really need to just step in there and as uncomfortable as in, ugh, I mean, really ugh, as it feels, you got to do it. Got to do it. <laughs> yes. And that gets a lot of spotlight. As you were telling your story too, the one thing you didn't mention, although you did say at the end, you got a really, a lot of great feedback was one thing that would have been running through my head too, is like all the Monday morning quarterbacking that goes oh. on after the debate yes. about the moderator oh, yes, as well. Exactly. They get, it's like, they're one of the candidates. They're one of the people up on this. They're a factor of whether or not the debate went well. Oh yeah, exactly. Oh, and that was playing all in the back of my head. And, you know, and when you have the difficulties, the technical difficulties that are out of your control, you know, you just have to go with the flow and, and take it all in. And it was a lot, but, uh, but it goes to show you how much you can really handle. You know, when it's thrown at you, um, it's sort of throwing yourself in the thick of things sometimes is, is the best way to get out shining and realizing that, yeah, you can do it. Yeah. Great story. All right, Shannon, now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. Well, this is sort of an interesting question. I, you know, I thought about it and I said, you know, the, the biggest wake up call, Jody, that I sort of realized was 
one that was given to me. So about two years ago, after 15 years of being in television in Maine, TV news, my contract wasn't renewed. And it was a shock. You know, I walked in one morning, I anchored the morning news as I did. Um, I had for years, six years there at this particular station and boom, called into the conference room. News director told me um, that they weren't renewing my contract and was escorted out of the building. And you know, reason aside, regardless of, you know, warranted or not, it's rejection. And my whole world was tipped upside down because, you know, we talked about, I didn't have a plan B like, like that. My, I was living my dream, um, or my dream job, not necessarily, you know, the environment at the time, you know, it, it doesn't matter what it was like, but because it was tough, but regardless, it, it was, it was a very trying time. And of course, being a public person that played out on the front pages of the newspaper. So, uh, you know, that only adds to the hurt and um, that feeling of rejection. But I got to tell you, that wake up call was really a turning point in my life. You know, a friend of mine said at the time, and I, this is so profound to me now, she said, Shannon, you weren't brave enough to do it yourself. You know, I had been doing the job for so long, as I said, that there was no challenge left in it for me. And the environment I was working in was very toxic. And you know, it was what Einstein says, that whole insanity, you know, when you do the same thing over and over again and you expect different results, that's what I was in. And I remember my husband saying, honey, don't resign. You know, I, I think you need to do something else. And I just kept saying, no, no, no. You know, I love my job, you know, and he's like, right, but you're not loving where you're doing it. And so that was the wake up call. The wake up call was basically, see you later. You need to find plan B. Mm. Being forced yes, into planning. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, Joey, I'd probably still be there, you know, <laughs> saying, okay, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. Things are going to change. Yes. Um, sure. You know, and of course, that probably is not the case. And I'm sure things are very similar to what they were when I was there. But um, it was definitely a wake up call. There was a lot of uh, self doubt. There was a lot of what am I going to do next? But it's amazing how quickly you take a step back and you look at your life and realize. There's so much more, not only to life, but to me, to me as a person. Mm. You know, and our stories are so similar because I had a similar experience um, when I was working in corporate. I knew, I knew for a long time I needed to be doing something else, right? Yep. But it wasn't clear to me. Like it wasn't like a clear exit plan. And so <laughs> I stayed where it was comfortable because um, I really didn't create that plan B. It was starting to come to me, but I wasn't taking action on it. And then I lost my job, (laughs) you know, I mean, it wasn't overnight. It wasn't one morning, but it, it was building and it was coming. And eventually my job was gone and I had to take the leap. And it was the best thing. Isn't it that ever happened? To isn't me. that amazing? It's almost like, you know, I don't know. You know, I, was, I always say, you know, I believe things happen for a reason. And sometimes I don't know if I say it just because it makes me feel better having a justified <laughs> reason for something. But right. I do. Be, I do believe there's something to that. You know, I do believe that like in your situation, that's not sort of what you wanted to do. And sort of the sometimes the universe kind of says, OK, well, we're going to push you along a little bit. We're going to give you that little yeah. nudge you need. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I, you know, when I retell the story, I, the term, the wording I use is, and then the universe conspired. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) That's great. To make me take action. And it comes from a a Goethe quote um, that I love, but I I think that's part of the wake up call too. And and for anyone listening, like, let this be a wake up call to you. Like if you don't take action on your terms, 
action will be taken and it will not be on your terms. And what you'll be left to do is like live through it. Right. And I, and I see that happen time and time again, where people know they're not in the right place. They're not, they're do like they enjoy their work, but they don't enjoy where they're doing it and they don't take action and something happens and it like, it's kind of, they're forced, like right, their hand is forced. Um, but then it usually turns out, but you know, if you could have planned it before, it might not have been so jarring. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I truly believe in that, you know, and, and that's why I think I loved my friend for being honest and saying that, you know, you weren't brave enough and she was right. And, and I, and she said, it. And I looked at her and I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. I, and there's nothing else to say, but you're absolutely correct. I was not brave enough. So it was done for me, but then it's all about, okay, reinvention. How do you reinvent yourself? Um, you know, and, and so much of being a public figure and having it out in the open was, you know, people were watching, you know, what is she going to do next? Um, you know, and, and so that's a little difficult too. I felt like there was some pressure there, but I, I can't tell you how, how wonderful people were and how you realize that just because I wasn't working at a television station anymore, it didn't make me any less of a journalist. It didn't make me any less of a person that still worked um, and helped MC charitable events and worked with nonprofits. And, you know, two years later, I, I'm still doing that. I was in a part of the community that way. And I'm blessed to be doing that and feel so lucky that they still want me to, you know, to be a part of their events like that, to be able to help out any way I can. Mm, that's huge. And I don't know if, the, if this has been true for you, Shannon, but I think since my experience, I've been much better at really acknowledging when a situation doesn't work for me and saying something and moving on. Right. Mm -hmm. And not taking it so personally. I used to like have this thing where I was like, Oh, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Or it'd be so hard to, you know, say I made a mistake. This isn't where I'm meant to be. I need to move on. But now I'm at the point where I'm like, Oh, this does not feel good. This is not right. I don't like, this is not where I'm meant to be. And I, you know, I do it with tact and professionally, but I say, you know what? I made a mistake. I need to move on. Exactly. And not to be afraid to say no. You know, I was yeah. always that sure, sure. And then I dreaded it. And you just, oh, you can't live your life that way. You know, time's too precious. No. It is. It's absolutely too precious to do that. Uh, and I'm definitely interested in your answer to this question, Shannon, because, you know, as you know, you, you, you mentioned um, before we got on that you've been listening to the podcast. So thank you so much for that. Sure. So this question will not surprise you at all about how people lead and how we all lead differently. You know, we're all different. And so that's going to come out in our leadership. So Shannon, how would you describe your leadership style? I think I'm very much more the participative, you know, um, I'm all about encouragement. Of course, when it's deserved, I mean, it has to go into play. But, you know, I always feel that by encouraging people, you engage people. You know, and engaging people in any process, I believe, is the key. They're more motivated. They their creativity comes out, and I just think there's there's something so incredible when you do that with people. And I just feel like so much more comes out of it, and there's so much more value in that. You know, I'm also all about behaviors. You know, my dad. You know, growing up, everything was, um, you know, people can say anything they want. But it's their behaviors that speak volumes. It's their actions. And I certainly would never ask anyone to do anything that I wouldn't do myself, you know. So that's kind of how I like to lead. Um, I feel like there's just a lot, lot to that. And, he, and there's more productivity that way as well. And people feel valued and a, and a, and a part of the team. And, um, and again, motivated. There's something, you know, I, I've worked in a lot of places where 
people led by fear. And I never understood that, Jody. I never got that. Because to me, it did the, it was so counterproductive. You're doing the exact opposite. So I'm the complete opposite of that. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> you know, and that's a different a level of leadership. Like I say, I like to say to people, it's an advanced level of leadership where you no longer need to be calling all the shots. Right. It's really more collaborative, participative. And your role as a leader is to support and inspire others to bring forth their best. Exactly. Because you can't do it all as the leader and people have talents and abilities that they can contribute if you allow them to. Well, that's right. And the key is, I think, to let I always try to let people know, too, is that, you know, you don't have to have stripes. You don't have to have the title to be a leader. We can all be leaders in some form and in some way. We tell that to our boys every time before they go to school, be a leader, not a follower. You know, and we hope we're instilling that in them as they grow older, you know, no matter what you're doing, whether it's in your classroom, whether it's sports or whether it's, you know, as you grow on grow up and do other things, you know, it's important. It's absolutely key. Mm. And Shannon, what is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Well, you'd mentioned it off the top, which is code gratitude. And I'm very, very uh, passionate and excited about it. And it's very new. We just launched August 1st. And it is, as you mentioned, it's a mission-driven company benefiting two groups of people. So our, our protectors, our military, our police, our fire, and our EMS, and also local businesses. So local businesses sign up to codegratitude.com. It costs less than what it would uh, be to hang a sign on a little league field. And they customize whatever incentive or discount or deal that they feel will help grow their business. So it's not charity. It's basically marketing that they can feel good about, gratitude marketing. And then we on this website, we promote that and we feature them to tens of thousands of protectors. Um, I'm growing this or hope to grow it. My goal is that this website is the place that protectors go to no matter what they do, whether it's going to get a pizza or they need tires or oil change, that this is the site they go to. It's basically set up like a massive search engine. They go on, they can click in their town or city or what they're looking for. And then all the businesses come up and the businesses get their own page. And we put something about the business. We put their website. We put a quote if they want about why they wanted to be a part of it. And it's just really, I just try to design it to be simple and a win for everybody involved. And 10% of the business's membership also goes to the Code Gratitude Scholarship Fund, which I am really excited about because what that that is, is it's geared toward high school seniors who are either going into the military or studying fire science or criminal justice. Because, you know, when, when men and women are graduating and going into those fields, there's not a lot of opportunity for them for scholarships. So we want it to be that for them in that aspect. Oh, that is so cool. I, and I love how you describe the two groups. You know, it's it's that partnership exactly. again, working together. And what I'm seeing more and more in the business world, because I, you know, I tend to play in the business sure. world a little bit more, is what we're seeing is people, their buying decisions are um, geared more towards doing business with companies who share their values. And that's why it's so important these days for companies to market based on their values and to get their company values values out there because they need to attract the people who share those values. And so this is a great opportunity for people who do have a value of honoring our protectors to get the word out. Exactly. You know, that we're, we're a company that honors them and appreciates them and we offer discounts for them as well. So that's very cool. Yeah, thank you. Very exciting. What, yeah. what, ins what inspired that idea? Uh, 
Great question. So my husband actually is a police officer. And last summer we were in North Conway, New Hampshire, and we were shopping at a major retailer. We walked in and by accident, we found out that they had a government first responder discount. We had no idea. We we're like, wow, that's, that's wonderful. And then fast forward, we went to this indoor water park in Massachusetts with the kids last year. Same thing. They had a hero's discount. And I said to my husband, how come we don't know about these? So I said, I did a little research and there were quite a few national companies that had discounts. And I said, wouldn't it be great to have a website that would feature these businesses, but also wouldn't it be great to invite local businesses, you know, Maine especially, Actually, is such an entrepreneurial state. You know, so many small businesses, the backbone of our economy. Wouldn't it be great to offer them a chance to come on, market them to these, you know, huge group of loyal potential customers? You know, and again, it's that community basically helping each other out. So that's how the idea came out. Oh, I love that. Thank so you. great. And Shannon, what is one practice that helps to make you a better leader? Well, you know, I mentioned my dad before we're talking about behaviors and my dad, he he was, uh, he's retired now, but he was the ultimate leader and one that I I really just respected so much in in his field. And again, going back to when I was little, he would always say, listen, you always have to listen to people, listen to your teachers. I remember the insert eye roll, right? You know, when you're little, you're like, oh my gosh, I know, listen, but it's amazing how that has stayed with me. And I feel like when a leader listens, it makes them only that much better. Because when people talk less and listen more, you understand what's not being said. And I feel sometimes that is the key to being an effective leader is to know what's not being said. Because the whole point of communication, right, is to engage. And to do that, you have to listen. So I think the better listener you are, the better leader you are. I love when people answer with listening. It is huge. And you know, I, I could teach workshops and courses on listening for days and days and days, because it's, it's such a valuable skill to, um, hone and practice. But I always have to ask what, what's kind of a sub practice that you have to hone your leader, your listening ability. Well, it's, it's kind of hard. I'm a talker. Like I know we could go on and on like, right. All day. And it's, yes. I, all, you know, I think I was Italian. I'm not me because I'm from Rhode Island, but like, even now I'm using my hands, you know, like always. So, and I love to talk. And sometimes I, I actually have to just stop and focus and say, okay, you know, it's not about you right now. It's about the people. It's about the people you're working with. It's the people that are helping you. And um, so I'm just trying to be very cognizant of that when I'm listening to them. And I feel like, again, it goes back to behaviors. People are watching you, you know, and that speaks more volumes than what you say, you know, your actions, your behaviors. They're just so much more than anything that can come out of your mouth, basically. Yeah. And what I'm hearing and what you're saying is you slow yourself down. Yes. A little bit so that you can stay present and calm and really take in what the other person is saying. That's right. Staying in the moment, which sometimes can be difficult, right? Because your mind is going in all these different places or you're looking at your watch, but you have to just sort of stop and be in the moment. Um, And again, that really helps, I think, with, with engaging with that whole process. So cool. All right, Shannon, what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? I think the um, one of the books that I really, really liked a lot uh, was The Leadership Challenge, Barry Posner. Um, I really enjoyed that book a lot. And I have actually apps for it, which I have on my phone as well. Because again, it goes back to sort of encouraging the heart. And I feel like there's just something um, really poignant about that and, uh, and effective. I think it's effective leadership when you can, when you can focus on that. 
What's that book about, The Leadership Challenge? Well, you know, there's there's many different things to it, but again, the sort of the theme, there's an ongoing theme and again, it's 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 about encouraging the heart. It's about uh, giving someone that pat on the back when it's deserved. It's about acknowledging what they've done. Um, I feel like in a, a lot of situations and again, I've worked in newsrooms where um, it just it was expected. I mean, you know, and again, you have to be careful with that. You don't want to encourage someone or, or give them a pat on the back for something that they didn't do. Because then again, that's whole, that's counterproductive. You're doing the exact opposite. And then you unmotivate the rest of the workers and people you're working with. But mm-hmm. when you do it, when it's deserved and you, you acknowledge that there's, there's to me, it, it's so simple and it only just pays off huge dividends in the end, as far as productivity, motivation, people only want to work harder and they get excited and they find that passion. And when you have that, you have everything. I love that. That is so great. I'll have to check out that book. All right, Shannon, knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? I would definitely change. And you know what? It's still something that I I work with uh, even today is not to be so hard on myself. I've always been that way. You know, I've always, not as not now, but especially growing up and, and in my 20s and 30s even, is I would set the bar so high that it wasn't even attainable at that time, perhaps. And so I was constantly sort of setting myself up for, for disappointment. And I just... Knowing what I know now, I wish I was more careful about what I said. You know, we, I think women especially, we tend to be harder on ourselves. You know, when you may say something like, oh, that was such a dumb move or, or you're such an idiot or, oh my gosh. And you have to be so careful because words are so powerful and they can make or break you. And, you know, I've been reading a lot about that and focusing on, you know, your mind and your words. And if you, you know, you change your thoughts, you change your reality. And um, so that was something, if I could go back to my 20 something self, 20 year old self, and I would say, stop being so hard on yourself. That's what I would say, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. You know, come up with some new language, like stop punishing yourself for being human or, you know, everybody makes mistakes and this is a good lesson learned, you know, that sort of thing. Words have tremendous power. They really do. And I think that, you know, the more that it's it's almost like people talk themselves out of things and, you know, and they get right back to a comfort zone and a comfort level and it's hard to get out of that. And I think that, you know, Obviously, I, I kept going, putting one foot in front of the other, but I think maybe the journey took me a little longer because I kept like arguing with myself. You know, it was like the, it was like the little devil whispering in my ear, you know, no, you're not good enough. And the other one going, oh, yes, I am, you know, sort of dragging, you know, it's maybe taking longer. But anyway, that's definitely something that I wish I could go back and change. No, that's huge because I think over time, and you're right, I see a lot of women do this. I know men do it on occasion too, but I think women just like hit themselves harder with a bigger stick or something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It's cumulative too, right? The more we beat ourselves up over our mistakes, the more hesitant we become to take on the next challenge. And then we're not growing and we're not learning and we're holding ourselves back and we're playing small. And and I wouldn't even be surprised if a lot of the playing small moments that come to mind when people are listening, you know, to, to the episodes of this podcast, like their own playing small moments come from just not allowing themselves. Well, that's it. And you're exactly right. Play bigger. Because it's, sometimes it's not even, you know, beating yourself 
beating yourself up over the mistakes you've made. Sometimes you're beating yourself up or not even beating yourself up, but saying you can't do it before you even make a mistake. And, you know, and that's a big problem as well. You know, people going, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I'm not smart enough. I'm, you know, I don't know what I'm I'm doing in that aspect. You know, with code gratitude, I, I kind of laugh. I, I say to my husband, I'm like, you know, as a journalist, I could walk in any newsroom in the country and feel comfortable. I could get on an anchor desk and know what I'm doing. Today, every day, I'm doing something I've never done. Technology, not really my friend. And yet this business is basically a web business. You know, how funny is that, right? <laughs> All right. You know, but again, Every day I'm learning something new and I'm growing. And I love that. Mm, perfect. And Shannon, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. I am, Jody. I got to tell you, I'm the quote girl. I love <laughs> quotes. And I think I have a little book, a journal, and, I, and every time I, I hear one or, or I read one that I love, I jot it down. And I'll even put them up on a board because for some reason they just resonate with me. So mine right now, and I will be driving in the car and I'm like, faith, not fear, faith, not fear. I will say it over and over again. And I think there's something really powerful about that because fear, uh, you know, it doesn't exist anywhere, but in your head. And I read that and I was like, wow, that's, that's really deep. Right. But it is, if you think about it, you know, who's to say you're, you're, why are you fearful? You know, that you're, you're conjuring that up in your head. And again, I was walking, I was in an art store with the kids the other day and I saw this magnet and it had a quote on it and it said, rule your mind or it will rule you. And I said, oh my gosh, I've got to buy that. So <laughs> I did. And it's on my fridge staring at me every morning. So, you know, that may not work for everybody, but for me, again, I write them down. I'm a visual person and I put them where I can see them and it, it buoys me and it just says, yeah, I've got this. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. And where did you, where did you read that faith, not fear? I read this book recently. I found it at my, actually at my church book sale and it was called your best life now, seven steps to living at your full potential. And it was actually written by Joel Osteen. And it was very interesting. And I believe it was in that book where he said, faith, not fear, you know, and whether you're religious or not, or you're spiritual or whatever it is, that still, you know, transcends both of them, whatever it is that you connect with, um, whether it's religion, whether it's just some, something spiritual, faith is in everything. So that's what I loved about that faith, not fear. The more we focus on faith, how can we have fear? I, I completely agree. It, it, it's transformative when you think about that. And, and what comes to mind for me kind of in my reality is when I have to get up and speak in front of a group of people. And sometimes I do feel fearful about it. But I have these practices that get me back to a place of trusting myself, trusting the audience, right? Exactly. Trusting the material and just knowing that however it turns out that that's the way it's meant to be. Exactly. Right. And it's okay. And it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. All right, Shannon. Lastly, what is the best way for those listening to connect with you? Well, I can certainly go to codegratitude.com and I've got all my contact information there. Um, I'm on Facebook as well. I love to interact with people. Um, so yeah, so those would be two great places to go to. Awesome. And you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Just put Shannon in the search bar and her show notes page will pop right up. Shannon, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, you're a sweetheart. Thank you so much, Jody, for letting me be a part of this great podcast. 
Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.